Welcome everyone to the Covenant Eyes podcast. I am your host, Karen Potter with Covenant Eyes, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Brandon Clark. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing awesome. How about you, Karen? I'm doing awesome. You know, and it's great because we're we're actually talking about a really good topic today, and we have a great guest. Um, and we're really going to be talking about the state of pastors right now, kind of where they're at, um, what they're dealing with, and offer them some some practical resources and things that they can do to get the support they need. Because honestly, our pastors are under attack. I mean, there's so much um, coming at them, and I think we don't talk about this topic enough. So I'm really excited about today's topic, and I hope that it will be a blessing to those listening today. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that we want to bring up throughout this interview is a new Barna study that's talking about burnout rates of our pastors and Spoiler alert, they have gone up and, you know, not just a little bit, quite a bit, actually, you know, looking at COVID, looking at all the different stressors and everything. So we're going to talk a little bit about this study as we, we talk with our guests today and dive into what we can do, what options that we have for our pastors who serve us so well, you know, <laughs> we need them, you know, we need God's ministers to help us in our spiritual journeys and we can't lose them at the rate that we're losing them. So I just want to go ahead and welcome in our guest today. We've got Doug Schmidt. And uh, Doug, it's great to have you. Thanks for being on with us. It's a delight to be with you, Brandon. So just tell us a little bit about yourself and Barnabas Ministries, if you would. Well, my wife and I, when we finished seminary, started pastoral work. I pastored my first church. Uh, we were there for five years in Port Huron. And then from there, we went to what became Woodside Bible Church in Troy, Michigan, in the metro, Detroit metro area. We were here for 28 years, and then, but we always wanted, we always knew that when our days of pastoral ministry were over, we knew what we were going to do, and that was to encourage pastors and churches. We had been doing pastor retreats uh, almost every year, uh, helping pastors, encouraging them, and so in May of 2019, uh, I took over a ministry. It was started 22 years ago by Dick and Dee Sochacki. They put a board together and had it, and then Dick, uh, unfortunately, uh, passed away about six years ago, and five years ago, somewhere in there. And then we took over the ministry, and basically the purpose of Barnabas Ministries of Michigan is to provide encouragement and resources for pastors and churches to be all that God wants them to be. You know, one of the things that I'd like to dive into, I had mentioned the Barna study is this growing rate of pastoral burnout. Can you talk a little bit about, maybe not even that study, but just what you've seen as far as the growing trend of pastoral frustration and exit from church ministry? Yeah, it's, um, it's a great question. The, the, the job of pastoring is hard. Uh, and it's, uh, the study was done uh, recently talking about the, the difficulty of being of pastoral work because of the, the wide variety of jobs that a pastor has to do. And he has to move from, from, from pastoral counseling to hospital visitation to doing a funeral to back to study. And there's the wide range, and it, it wears pastors out. I think as well, we would be remiss if we discounted the fact that this is, and I think, Karen, you alluded to it as well, this is, this is spiritual warfare. And so pastors have targets on their backs, and the, 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 our country is in such terrible shape, our world is in such terrible shape, and the answer we all know is Jesus. 
and the church has to carry the gospel message of Jesus to to a world. Therefore, the church has to be strong. Therefore, pastors have to be strong and healthy. And so that burnout takes place for a number of reasons, I think, Brandon. Uh, One of them is the the wide range of activities. Another one is uh, just the, the... the, the growing, I think, uh, angst within churches where uh, people are, are anxious. Um, this was before COVID, and then COVID just exasperated it. And so pastors over the last couple of years, you know, have been so engaged in trying to keep the body unified. Uh, and where the, the church is divided over things like a mask or the uh, the racial strife that's going on in our country, and you know that well from Minnesota especially. Um, and so all of these tensions, I think, wear pastors out, and, uh, and, and it, it causes them to, to cheat on some things like their own personal walk with the Lord. And so they become very, very vulnerable then. So I, the, the burnout rate is high. I think in the Barna, if it's the Barna study you're alluding to, said that 38% of pastors just recently surveyed uh, wanted or thought about quitting. And that's gone up like several points, I think what, like eight or nine points over the last year. Thankfully, um, 38% didn't quit. They thought about it. And uh, I know the pastors we work with, uh, we work with two or 300 different pastors. I don't think very many have quit. I think of one who's quit church work, but he'll be back in, he's in jail ministry now, but he'll be back in church work, uh, I think, shortly. But I'll bet every one of them has thought about it. You know, I think what's really interesting, Doug, is um, in a study, I was doing some research on just, you know, the lay of the land for pastors in preparation for this podcast. And there's a million pastors that actually serve as part-time. So they are, they are carrying this heavy load of being a pastor and a shepherd in their, in their church, as well as holding down a job um, in the secular world or in that space. Mm. I can't imagine what that also adds to the stress load um, for these pastors. Are you seeing that as well because of the dual, um, like the, the, the bivocational, I guess is what you would call yeah. it, um, situation? Karen, what I'm finding is that some pastors are bivocational by design. Uh, this is they wanted to do. They wanted to be, uh, you know, in, uh, incarnated into the community. They wanted to be in the marketplace. Um, but I think the trend is now to be, bi- there's a bivocational trend out of necessity. Um, the, the, the salaries aren't always good. And in fact, uh, pretty poor in many churches. And so it's forced pastors to think bivocationally. Most pastors, pastors that we work with, most of their wives are also working uh, outside of the home in some some occupation. So it puts a lot of stress. the The work of the pastor is is broad and it's 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 all consuming. Uh, the pastors I know of, I think think of ministry twenty four seven, and then you add to that a. a 20 to 35 hour a week um, job, it, it poses a lot of pressure. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, just looking deeper into that Barna study and some of the reasons that these pastors have considered quitting, what, the number one answer was the immense stress of the job. And that was, that was over half at 
Some of the other things that they talked about were, I feel lonely and isolated, current political divisions. I think you kind of pointed to that, Doug. And, mm. you know, one of the things I thought that was really interesting is I'm not optimistic about the future of my church came in at 29%. You know, there's so many different reasons. How do you work with these pastors at Barnabas Ministries to address them? Because uh, it's not a one-size-fits-all solution. I think we come alongside of them and first, Brandon, just try to listen. Uh, many pastors feel lonely. They feel isolated. Um, and oftentimes, the church governance structure isn't really designed for their success or for their support, for their encouragement, their help. Um, and that causes one of the, I think, one of the big problems and results in loneliness. If a church a governance structure, leadership structure, could work together in the sense where they're uh, encouraging, they're confronting, uh, they're forgiving, they're restoring, um, uh, and holding accountable, not just the pastor, but each other. And so too many churches, the, pa- the, the leadership structure is support of the pastor until they see a, a, you know, a, a, a kink in the armor, or they see a weakness, or in some cases, uh, some type of failure. Then the, then the task is to remove them and then replace them. And so much of that goes, goes on, and a lot of that would not, ha- not need to happen if they just had a leadership structure that really embraced health and encouraged him, let him know he's not alone. And so for many pastors and wives and spouses, there's that sense where we, we don't have a safe place. We, don't have, we, we, we go over to somebody's house for dinner. And we have to be very careful what we say. We've, uh, for a pastor, he's always got to kind of have his collar on, even when he goes golfing with some guys from the church. And so the, it's, it's not set up to be healthy. And so if the first thing we try to do, Brandon, is to provide um, a listening ear, let them know that the, 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 those of us who work with Barnabas are a safe place. They can, they can talk, they can share. And then when when we listen and find out what's really going on, we have to look and say, what, where is the problem? Is the problem, and I, I love the way Jimmy Dodd uh, illustrated it in his book, uh, Survive or Thrive. And Jimmy talks about a stage and the a curtain that's in, that divides the stage between the front and the back. And the front stage is where you spend all your money with uh, acoustics and sound engineering and lighting, and everything has to be pristine because somebody paid a ticket to be there. The back of the stage is dirty, dusty, props all over the place. It's dark. But he said he develops in this scenario that we need, that's our life as pastors. We have, to have, we have to have the front stage, which is our ministry. But we also have the backstage, which is our, our life, which is preparation. And he says you need three people for the front stage and three people for the backstage. The front stage, every pastor needs a boss. Every pastor needs a coach. Every pastor needs a trainer. And those people help with skill set. Um, they help raise the bar. They help a pastor to be successful. Uh, and the backstage is, you said you need three people. You need a counselor. Everybody needs at some point a counselor to answer questions or help them figure out what's going on in their mind or their life. Uh, everybody, every pastor needs a friend with whom they can share Anything and everything. Um, many pastors don't have that friend. 
and um, or they've tried and got burned. And so after getting burned, you build up walls. And that happens with the pastor's spouses. They've built up walls because they've got burned once or twice, and never again are they going to let anybody in. As a result, they live closed-off lives. And then thirdly, for the backstage, everybody needs a mentor. And a mentor is different than a coach on the front stage. A coach helps with skill sets, but a mentor in the back helps with the heart. And so when we talk with pastors, then trying to discern what do you really need? Um, many of them, the bottom line is, uh, Brandon, they want church revitalization. Hmm. But when you dig a little bit deeper, you find that maybe their backstage is really in trouble. And they're an accident waiting to happen. Uh, they've, uh, they don't have a mentor. They don't have a friend. Um, and so we try to... And, and so for pastors who've, who have to wear the collar of clergy for the front stage, and the, the demands are, are so strong to perform well, to excel, to see the churches growing, and if it's not, it must be the pastor's fault. And so they work harder and longer hours. Um, but if, if, if the backstage isn't taken care of, they're in big trouble. So the backstage has to inform the front stage. A friend of mine, Dr. Scott Engelman, said at one of our recent Lunch and Learns where we were talking about this, a pastor's soul care, he said, and I love this, he said, the backstage, the pastor's a sheep. The front stage, the pastor's a shepherd. And if pastors ever forget that they're sheep first and just focus in on shepherding, then it's just a job and they they probably aren't going to make it. So that's a long answer to a, a really good but short question, Brandon, that we try to listen, and sometimes the backstage is good, and it's focusing then on skill sets, uh, learning best practices, uh, church revitalization principles, that kind of thing. But it's very, very difficult, as you said. One size doesn't fit, fit all, and so we have to kind of discern what is it that you really want? What is it that you really need? Hmm. Doug, for some of the pastors that are listening to today's podcast, um, they're probably really intrigued by what you're saying. I mean, this this sounds incredible. I the Your ministry actually offers services to support and come alongside pastors. Can you talk a little bit about what that practically looks like? So if someone mm -hmm. is a, a pastor listening and is like, gosh, I need all of those things in my life, mm -hmm. how, how do they engage with your organization? We, we do a number of things uh, formally, as well as a lot of informal stuff. Informal, just coming alongside pastors, having lunches. We'll have dinners at our house. We'll have a dinner next week with four pastoral couples uh, with no agenda other than just say, we love you. And then also to connect them, we want them to connect. Um, when I first got into this, uh, after Dick passed away, just I was giving away uh, books and that kind of thing, dropping in on pastors, meeting him. I found that with our young guys, they would they would say to me, "I need a mentor. Would you be my mentor?" And then you talk to older pastors who are in their um, late fifties, sixties, or even seventies. They'll say, "I wish I had a mentor when I was young." And so it just seemed obvious we needed to get the older guys with the younger guys. So we looked at mentoring materials, and I found some materials produced by MentorLink 
International. And it's uh, when they gave us permission to use them, they were online. It was entitled, uh, um, I think, uh, Leading Like Jesus. And so we got permission for them to kind of reformat it into a, uh, an online version as well as hard copy. And so we just started mentor groups, Karen. We started, uh, right now we have 46 mentor groups with four or five pastors in each one. Uh, and those are all led by uh, one of our Barnabas mentors. And we, we'll be training 10 new mentors next week. And we've already got, we've already got pastors uh, who want to be in those groups. Um, so we do, we, so we meet about a year, uh, once a month for two hours. And, you know, while we use materials, mentoring is more life on life than it is a material taught or the transfer of information. And so those mentor groups, those guys, you have the peer mentoring that goes on as well. And it's really, really exciting to be in those groups. There are some days, uh, I uh, have led five different groups now. There's some days you go in and the first 10 or 15 minutes, you just get caught up. And in that catch-up time, uh, somebody might just share what they're going through. And you just forget about the topic for that day. One day, a, a young man came in and he, he just he started talking uh, about uh, how hard it's been and people have left this church over meaningless things and he just broke down and the other the three other pastors in the group along with myself we just gathered around him uh shared scripture shared encouragement prayed over him and then and then talked about it and that took up our whole two hours but and there are other times where uh, we allow them the the mentees to you just take this however you want wherever you want it to go so they kind of steered as well with what's going on in their lives. And there have been times I've, I've never got through the, the material I wanted to. And they'll text later and say, this is the best meeting we ever had. So, And they, they connect to each other. Um, yeah. We, I put a group together with four guys who didn't know each other in September. And they they wanted to do things as couples. So we we went out on a pontoon boat one night and just got to know each other a little bit. And then in December of that year, uh, one of the guys invited us all over to his house for dinner, and and we went over for dinner. And he said, "Come over, play for dinner. We'll play games." I said to my wife on the way over, "We're not going to play any games." She said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Just watch." And we sat around the dinner table for four hours, mm. just talking, wow. sharing, laughing, weeping. And these are free. At the end of four hours, it's now ten o'clock. And I said, that, you know, we need to get going. But do you um, do you understand that you just spent four hours with people you didn't even know three months ago? And that opened it up, Karen, where they just began to talk. That's awesome. One guy shared. He said, "I'm still in ministry because of you guys in this group." Oh wow! Gosh. Wow! So, and that really Praise speaks. God. Praise yeah. God for that. Oh. That really speaks a lot, Doug, too, to, you know, this, this model of accountability, you know, and, and it's not, uh, it's not like many of the systems where if you mess up, you know, you're done. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, 
it helps call you up to who you're called to be in Christ. You know, it's they're there for you in your weakest moments. They're there for you when you're struggling. You can call them up. You you form those deep relationships. And so I just I love this model that you've set up because that's really that's the way to live a Christian life is being able to have people you can turn to when you're at your worst, especially thinking about our ministry leaders, right? They're, they become shells of themselves at points and they really need just that, that extra hand, you know, pulling, pulling Peter out of the water, right? Jesus pulling Peter out of the water when he begins to sink. And so I, I just love this, Doug. Thank you so much for this ministry. Brendan, it's really working. We're seeing pastors encouraged. In addition, we do, um, we do a podcast as well that comes out every Monday uh, that helps pastors and that can be found on stream roots or all of, all of those uh, uh, previous podcasts are archived on our website, BarnabasMinistriesMI.org. Uh, and then we do, we're just finishing a lunch and learn series where we'll have uh, uh, lunches at five different churches. We have uh, one left coming up in Brighton on I think it's uh, May 24th, and the topic is pastoral soul care. So we'll have lunch together. I uh, usually have a comedian that does about 10 minutes uh, worth of comedy because we all need to laugh. Uh, the guys <laughs> good gals, they get to know each other, and then, uh, and then we have about an hour of very practical teaching on how to take care of your soul. So in those, we'll have about... 350 pastors who will have attended those, maybe, maybe a few more. And, but they leave equipped to develop a, a lifelong plan to take care of their own soul. Hmm. So powerful and so necessary. As pastors, you know, we work with pastors who are trying to help people overcome pornography addiction. And hmm. So, you know, they've got to be strong and they've got to be taking care of themselves to be able mm-hmm. to to reach these people and help them. Um, so this is fantastic that you go around and you hold these events because it is something that we don't do enough of. Um, as we come to the end of today's podcast, I want to make sure that we call out how pastors can get connected one more time with your website um, and also how they can get connected with the podcast that you guys offer. Would you mind just re- Absolutely. And one, one more thing I could mention as well, Karen, is that um, the church I previously pastored has a, a lodge, a beautiful, beautiful a lodge about 45 minutes north of Port Huron, just right off Lake Huron. And it's a, um, it's about like 15,000 square foot log house with 12 suites. And we'll, we'll do, I think we've got scheduled nine retreats there this year. Everything from encouragement retreats to um, uh, there's a five-day retreat called uh, uh, Reju- Rejuvenate, How to Improve Your Preaching. So you can go on the website and get all of that. And our website is BarnabasMinistriesMI.org. Um, and then the podcast is called Stream Roots, uh, coming from Psalm 1. And it's available uh, in every place you get podcasts. But again, they're all archived on our website. We will be sure to put all of that information in the show notes so that you can access that, especially if you're a pastor listening who want to be able to connect you with these great tools. You know, one quick question I have as we close, Doug, too, 
is what about pastors who are listening who are not in the Michigan area? Can they come to Michigan and be a, be a part of these events, uh, be a part of the retreats, or are there other Barnabas ministries throughout the U.S.? Well, there are lots of ministries called Barnabas just because of the name, but normally they're not connected to each other. There are about somewhere around 120 different ministries that involve pastoral care um, spread around the country. And um, But Barnabas Ministries of Michigan is not or are not officially connected with, with any of the other uh, ministries. We all kind of work separately and and, but also learn from each other in a conference every year. That yeah, absolutely, uh, Brandon. We can help pastors either directly or indirectly. Um, we will do anything we can. We love pastors, and we love pastoral couples, ministry couples, and pastors aren't quitters. You know, if the job is hard, but uh, pastors have a calling, and they take it very, very seriously. So we want to help them fulfill that calling. And be fulfilled in doing it. It really shows, Doug, how much you love these pastors, how much you love what you do and wanting to help them. So thank you again for your ministry and for being on with us today. It's my delight. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. And uh, again, everyone listening, we will put in our show notes links to the Barnabas Ministries pages. And as someone who lives in Michigan, I would imagine that, Doug, your organization would be more than grateful to have pastors come and do one of your retreats. Best time to visit, visit Michigan is in the summertime, as a side note, just like to throw that out there. But as, a, as we come to a close today, Brandon, are there any takeaways that you want to share in our closing comments today with our audience? Yeah, you know, I love what they do when, when a pastor reaches out for help. And the first step that they take is listening. And we all have something that we want to talk about and that we really just need somebody who we can trust to be able to share that, you know, holding all of the stresses, the anxieties, the woundedness at times in is just not healthy for anyone. And so whether you're a pastor and, and you get involved with Barnabas Ministries or you just you're listening and you're not a pastor, but you, you're struggling, you're having a tough time. Find somebody who you can trust, who you can reach out to, you know, have that accountability so you can get that all off your chest. You don't need to carry that weight. God created relationships for a reason and so that we could walk with each other. So that's my takeaway, Karen. How about yours? So good. You know, I loved when Doug brought up the backstage and the front stage and just how that yeah. kind of interaction is and how we need the three in the front and the three in the back. And I think that applies to pastors. And I think it applies to all of us in general in life. Like we need those people in our lives that can help call us up to who we need to be in Christ and hold us accountable and, and be there with us to journey for uh, through life. So Doug, I am just so grateful for what you're doing. And we, we wish you guys all the very best and hope to have you back again on the podcast. And thanks again for joining us. It was my delight. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. And well, just a reminder for our listeners, quick, Karen, that we have a newsletter that goes out on the podcast. So if you want to learn about the upcoming podcasts, we have a featured podcast. If you missed any of them, please be sure to sign up for that. We have the link in the show notes, and it'll keep you up to date with the latest of the Covenant Eyes podcast, especially if you're loving guests like Doug. We have them all the time. We release a new podcast every week. So please sign up for that newsletter to stay up to date. 
Well, and on behalf of everyone here at Covenant Eyes, we want to thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. God bless.